Order My Steps. That's the name of our current series here on Power Walk, taught by Pastor Paul Cannings. Sharing from the book of Judges through the life of Deborah, we've seen how powerful God's Word is in the face of very real enemies that Israel faced. We hear more about that from Pastor Kennings in today's message, Experiencing God. You know, many people want to experience God. And I can't think of a believer that does not want to experience God. But it's difficult to experience God when we're not willing to be in God. What do I mean by that? God is in us. He is in us. When I point to salvation, when a person believes, the Bible says in Titus chapter 3, verse 4 through verse 8, he pours his Holy Spirit into them. And they're a brand new creation positionally. Have to work out their salvation and fear and trembling functionally. When a person accepts Jesus Christ into their life, they are experiencing God in them. And they're experiencing God in them more and more as they apply God often, consistently, each and every day. Then God becomes so dominating. Paul would say, I no longer walk in the flesh. I walk in the spirit. That is where the person goes from experiencing salvation to being saved and to therefore experiencing what save is. A full deliverance of all the things that myself is. And the more I deliver delivered from myself is the more experience who Christ is. That process leads to experiencing God. See, if I want to experience water, I either have to wash my hands or I need to jump in the lake or take a shower. If I'm going to experience flying, I got to get in a plane. We want to experience God, but we have to understand until we are in the motion of living based on who God is and being committed to the processes, problems, the difficulties, the issues that he allows us to experience and still press our way through it, that's when we begin to experience God for who he is. At the Jordan, Joshua put his foot in there. That's when the Jordan opened. In our obedience to God, just like you would see take place functionally and physically in the Old Testament happens spiritually in the New Testament. And that's what we see as a great example of how we can experience God. You see, at this point in our week-long look at Judges chapter 4, what we find is that Deborah, who was committed to obey God, so put her faith in God that in spite of this fact that this man is an overwhelming enemy, has been brutalizing and negatively affecting them and keeping them under submission for 20 years, it's a mental condition now. In spite of all of that, this woman chose to believe in God, but then she has to challenge Barak to go into war. Go down there with these 10,000 men that is not as seasoned warriors as Jabed has. And with his 10,000 iron chariots, go down, attack. When they do that, that's when experiencing God becomes a reality. Watch what he's saying here in verse 15. And the Lord discomfited Caesarea and his chariots with the edge of the sword before Barak. So the Caesarea lit it down off his chariot, and fled on his feet. What did God do? God allowed this river to overflow, just like he said it's going to do. 
and all the chariots got stuck in it. So these 10,000 men running down there, the chariots were not effective. They could not give them the advantage they wanted, and they were stuck in the mud trying to get out, and these men ran smack in there and was slaughtering them. And this mighty man, Jabed, who think he's all of this, turns and starts to run because his army is being slaughtered, and God gave them the victory. All they had to do was just run smack through them and destroy them with the sword. In the midst of all of this, God acted, but he acted after they acted. That's why the Bible is constantly telling us faith starts with a belief. But in James chapter 2, verse 14 on, he says, faith comes with works. That's when faith is faith. Faith is not just I believe God is great and I'm able to do exceedingly abundant all I can ever ask a thing. That's all wonderful verses. But what does that lead me to do when he's telling me what to do in depression, in grief and pain? When he's telling me what to do, what do I do when I'm supposed to deny myself and pick up a cross, a cross? He's not saying it's not a cross. He's saying there is a cross. But trust me through it. That's when God starts to do things for us because we choose to do what he says. That's why he says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he says, the thing that God rewards is faith. He rewards faith. That's why Paul would say in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. There's only one fight. We don't have 10 million fights. We have lots of different problems that we have to go search the scriptures for. I know what verse to take to what situation because I'm dealing with every situation based on the word of God. Just like you see Deborah. I'm taking every situation to the word of God. And that's why he is saying after we keep doing that and Paul got to the point where he knew all of Satan's schemes. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 11. I know your schemes. I know what you're planning to do. Paul knew exactly what to apply to it. And that's why he says, I'm anxious for nothing. And I'm focused on what God is going to do when I set my mind to things above. So that's why the Bible is saying to us in the midst of our trials, when we keep applying God word over and over again, and his word will not return void, we experience God powerfully because the only fight we have is, will I keep the faith in the midst of it or will I not? That's my reward. So you see, Barak now is all excited. He's now pursuing after the chariots. He ain't saying, Deborah, come with me while I go. Come, go on, Deborah. Come with me. No, 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 no. No, he's all man now. He is going down there. He's chasing the chariots. But God already told him, Barak, because of your lack of faith, this victory will not be named to you. So guess what happens? This man, Jabin, goes into the tent of jail in verse 18, and she's so pleasant. Come into my parlor, said the spider to the fly. That's exactly what you have going on here. Jail says to him, hey, come on in. Oh, yes, you want some milk? We'll get you some milk. We will take care of you, and he's running hard. If you check into history here, you would find that her husband had some form of relationship with Jabin, and therefore they had made a pact and a treaty. That's why he's running to a place he believes is a safe place. But the husband isn't there. They live in tents, so they have pegs that they would put the strings around the tent and put them in the ground. And they are effective in doing that because they move, pick up the tents, move to another place, take care of their sheep. And then they put the tents back down and they pick up the tents, move to another place. So she's been doing this peg thing for a while. 
She invites him in. She knows the kind of man he is. She knows what he has been doing to the Jews. She understands clearly what's happening, and she invites him in. And sure enough, he came in, and when he starts ordering her around, she took the orders. And he said unto her in verse 20, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee, and say, Is there any man here that thou shalt say no? I want you to lie for me. And then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent. Now he's asleep now. He's like really asleep. He's been running, running hard. He is tired. She waited until he got his milk and water. And, you know, he's drank. He's relaxed. She even put a blanket over him, make sure he's nice and calm. And, and he's far well asleep. And she took that peg and she put it through his temple. And she killed him. Verse 22. And behold, as Barak pursued Caesarea, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I sued thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Caesarea lay dead, and the nail was in his temples. Watch this carefully. So God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan before the children of Israel. Barak does not receive the victory, just like she said he would not. Deborah told him, this is not going to be a victory that you're going to get because you choose not to believe in God. When he comes, God has done all the work. The river overflowed. The chariots got stuck in the mud. He allowed Caesar to get away. He puts him in this tent or a person he made a pact with. This is how God works. And he's got it all working out all the time. He's already ahead of us. God is way ahead of us in all that he's going to do. That's how we experience God. It's not like God is way, oh, wait a minute, this is happening to you today. Oh, my goodness, I need to do something. He is always way ahead. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the author and finisher of the race. Author means in their day they didn't have all these roads and highways and all this stuff that we have today. If a king is going down the road, go going from one city to the next, they have to go cut the trees down, the road, get the king down there so he could get down that road in his chariot, etc., without any problems taking place. He's already run this race before. He's already know what Satan is going to do, what kind of oppressors we're going to have, what kind of problems we're going to have. He took care of all the issues. Are we going to run the race that is set before us or not? That's the issue. He does not experience the glory of this war because he chose not to believe in what God said. Sometimes people look around and say, look at what God has done for her. Why is he not doing it for me? Get up and do what God tells you to do so you experience God at his best. Walk around the walls of Jericho and have a worship service because God's going to be at his best. Go out into the wilderness and trust God to kill an army that was abusing you for years because God, you'll experience God at his best. Barak does not get a chance to experience this war and provide the victory to himself. No, two women did because they believed God for what he said he's going to do and they trusted him and experienced God's results. Folks, experiencing God is jumping in the water. Experiencing God is jumping out of the plane, believing the parachute is going to work. He's standing before lions, believing God. is standing before Goliaths, believing God. It is no matter the obstacle, the difficulties that you may face, so long you're in God's Word. You know you're walking into the truth, so you experience the powerful movement of the Holy Spirit. God's Word never returns void. Victory is yours. It's just a matter of God perfecting you, growing you, teaching you. That's why Paul would say, say, I have finished my course. I've been poured out like a drink offering, but I've finished my course. Now prepared for me is a crown of righteousness. It's not what you face, it's which words you choose to trust, yours or his. It's your choice today. 
to experience God or your emotions, your feelings, the problems that you face. He will take you through the valley and the shadow of death, but he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Stay focused. Amen, Pastor Kennings. The only fight we have is the fight of faith. So let's choose to prioritize this in our lives. Now, for a copy of this message series or any of our other resources, visit us online at powerwalkministries.org. That's powerwalkministries.org. Look for Pastor Kenning's book, Giving Fear a Knockout Punch. It provides clear strategies to help you say goodbye to your fears. Friends, as we continue these broadcasts, we ask for your financial support. Would you prayerfully consider making a one-time or ongoing contribution to this ministry? That is what keeps us broadcasting on this outlet. You can do so by calling us at 281-260-7402. That's 281-260-7402. Or you can write us at Power Walk Ministries, P.O. Box 920-517-517. Houston, Texas, 77092. We appreciate your support and thank you for partnering with us. Pastor Paul Cannings is the president of Power Walk Ministries and also serves as senior pastor of Living Word Fellowship Church in Houston, Texas. If you're in Houston or you're planning a visit, you're always welcome to visit the church at 7350 T.C. Jester Boulevard in Houston. And now remember, to deal with every situation in your life, whether big or small, base it on God's Word and see God order your steps.